The views and opinions that are expressed on the Dope Sessions podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect any views of any other attached entities. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go. Introducing your hosts. The guys on the mics with the voices that you like. Give it up for Kelvy and Tree. What's going on, man? It's your boy Kelvy of the Dell Sessions Podcast with Kelvy and Tree. Before we get into the interview, which is with Melanix, shout out to Melanix, man. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Great person, great conversation. We did have a lot of technical difficulties with this episode. Um, and you'll probably hear it throughout parts of the interview. But I'm glad that we still stuck it together and we rocked out with it. And I hope you enjoy the interview. Peace. Yo, what's going on, everybody, man? Thank y'all again for tuning in to one of the dopest indie podcasts on the planet. This is the Dope Sessions Podcast with Kelvin and Tree. Now, unfortunately, man, I got Tree. Uh, is a bit under the weather right now, so we send him some healing energy right here. And, uh, you know, because he really wanted to be here for this episode, but uh, really, really under the weather. Like I said, we send him healing energy. But um, usually when we have these, uh, um, uh, you know, our episodes and we have a guest on here, we like to dub these the Dope Sessions Conversations. And I have an artist here with us who, you know, uh, I was introduced to. Um, we have uh, same similar uh, people that, that we mess with in uh, Def Goldblum and uh, reached out. And uh, I was just, you know, got the chance to look at his art, listen to his music. And I wanted to uh, have him come on here so we can, you know, get to know him better, not just as the visual artist and the, the musician, but just as the person as well. And I'm so glad to have uh, Melanix with us. What's up, Melanix, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man. Um the Dope Session podcast. I'm honored and grateful. Yeah, man, no doubt, man, no doubt, man. And um, you know, like I said before, um, you know, just uh, our connection with uh with Def Goldblum. Um, I'm mm -hmm. I'm a fan of Def Goldblum, and and you know, got the chance to chop it up with him on the on the podcast. Um, you have a relationship okay. with him. Um. What what has that relationship with Def Goldblum been like for you? He he's actually very responsive. Um, even though I know how bloggers can be who cover hip hop topics as far as their response time, and I know we all have priorities, but he does respond. Um, he does uh, listen to my music. He does get feedback, honest feedback, which I'm grateful for. Um, but mm -hmm. other than that, I'm just grateful to to see 
somebody within the hip hop realm that understands that there's more to the music than just what we see on a TikTok ad or uh, Instagram ad. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. You know, with everything that's going on, you know, I'm just glad to see that somebody stuck to the root. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like I. I was having a conversation with one of my best friends and um and I want to um actually you know bring you into this as well as far as you know what we had the conversation about and get your thoughts on it. Um so I saw this clip of Talib Kweli on Piers Morgan talking about um the song that Tom Do- Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro did. And um I I think Tom McDonald's dope by Right. Um, yeah. Okay. I was telling I was telling my friend about the uh, the 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 clip, and um, Talib said something, um, and it kind of what you know, kind of in the vein of what you were saying before. Like, um, I think when people think of hip hop, they only see what is presented to them. And so right. because that that mainstream element is is pushing this sort of music, whether we like it or we don't like it, why is it that it seems to like for for everybody, um why does it seem like the music that you do or something like a Talib Kweli or anybody else for that matter seems to like get ignored mostly for uh, the stuff that's being pushed. Well, that's because of the, you said the key word, being, well, two key words, being and push. Um, not for nothing, once those people already have them behind them, it's much more easier for the masses to gravitate push to them and push it even more so it's something that they've been programmed to like and i'm not saying just program but they may like it organically naturally then it's very hard for them to gravitate or adapt a, a, a tasteful ear to something that they haven't heard a new sound is like a new taste it's just you hear right. it you know what i'm saying so even t- uh tyler he even said you can play a song for somebody like it it might not be the song is whack it's just the fact that they don't they, they're more into lyrics than they are the beat or they don't like the the the, the bass in the beat they're based by the person so you got all these different factors but the main key factor that i'm gonna stick with and what we've been talking about since um unsigned hyping the source is the labels push that stuff so if they push it and they have a farther more reach and more marketing dollars and can do certain um stunts to garner the attention of the masses to this particular artist, they're not really paying attention. Uh, a rapper like Dalek or Ka, or not saying those people don't have nobody paying attention to them, but it's very harder, much more harder. And then too, once a sound becomes trendy or a style, if you're not part of what that trend is, you're kind of over for shadow. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's the truth. Now you see it, and, and and I tell artists too, don't let that bother your mental health, because what will begin to happen, you will feel like I'm not being heard. I must be whack or whatever. The algorithm plays right. a key role in all of this. 
it's real funny that a couple of example, you could post something on Instagram and you may have gotten it easy on the low end, 12 likes. I'm going to put it out there, being realistic. Now, you know, in order for you to go beyond, you have to pay for that. So if I have to pay for my Instagram post to get seen, then put some money into my music to get heard, especially if I sound different. I push that much more harder because people right. are tuned frequency. And that's what it is. And then, too, in hip-hop, we don't pass the torch on from one generation to the next. I guarantee you, if nothing would have happened between the brothers of D-Block and J-Hood, that sound in New York would not have happened like that because J-Hood was carrying the torch for the next generation. For some odd reason, things get tripped up within these generations in hip-hop and everything changes from the dress code to the sound. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are mm -hmm. there's something wrong if we don't pay attention to the organics and the roots of it, because there's nothing wrong with being intelligent and being entertained. But we're at a state in hip hop now where we rather be entertained and dumb rather than be intelligent. Right. You know, as, as you were saying that too, because um, I, 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 I agree with everything that you were saying, and it, and it goes to also with. Um, you know the 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 discord with uh like you said the younger and the older people especially with uh uh killer mike winning the the grammy for for best rap album and shout out um, to him. it was just a whole lot of yeah definitely shout out to killer mike because i like me personally i think it's a great album i think utopia was was great and i remember you know responding to uh, a um, a guy who said something about Killer Mike's album on um, on uh, uh, TikTok, and and I responded to to his video, and and so I started getting all of these comments on um, on on the video that I that I did the response to. Um, and then somebody, you know, like replied to me and they were just like, well, you know, I still don't believe that um, Killer Kill Mike album deserved the Grammy. And I and I responded, I said, hey, number one, that's 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 how you feel. But nobody cares about feelings. And number two, the the Grammys, you know, pretty much voted for that they the the people who vote for that stuff voted for that album um and uh it's it's this it's like i've always seen that disconnect when it comes to younger and older but it's like with music for some reason it's become like it's this thing where it's just like it's all over the place now, like that total disconnect. Is is there a way that older and younger people, especially in, in, in music and hip-hop, can actually just like bring it together to kind of bridge everything? Or is it just going to be disconnected forever? Um, as far as the generational gap in the music, I believe that is very important in order for us to be linked is to 
one generation has to pass that torch. I really believe that is very important. Um, and it's also important to pass on those traditions as to why things were they the way they were um, before you got here. And, and, the form, uh, and the reason for that is so that there is a respect level and honoring where something came from. It's just like a culture, any ethnic culture, one, the mother or whoever passes on to the son or the daughter or the kids, um, why things are set in place and why we do things like we do so that the next generation can take it with them. You know, right. even if they come up with something new musically, they come up with something new. It, there's a reason and an understanding that way we don't bicker and we right. grow together. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a conversation that I'm pretty sure you've gotten into with other people. I know I've gotten into it with other people as far right. as that conversation. And I look at it in the sense of, I feel like people, you know, my age or older have not done a very good job at being able to pass the torch or give the younger kids guidance, especially, you know, you know, like with, with the older people, just like, man, like we can learn, like the younger kids can learn a lot, but we're so like, well, they need to, they need to figure it out themselves and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, no, how about, we teach them and guide them so they can push this thing forward. And then on top of that, not go through the bullshit that everybody else went through. Exactly. It, including, you can even apply that last part to heeding your mother or father's advice. You know, mm -hmm. um, listening to the instructions of your parent, the book of Proverbs brings that out. And I'm, I don't mean to go biblical, but that, that applies to everything heed the words of your father my son so your instruction can go well with you in life something to that effect but right. even then um even when we were kids we have to understand we were rebellious and yeah. we wanted to do things our way and sometimes that rebellious nature when added in the art realm um can add something new because if you look at hip-hop from the time it started back okay the original mcs really in my opinion and what i've researched are Muhammad Ali, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Flip Wilson, uh, Pig Meat Markham, people like that. And you remember they were rapping, but it wasn't like uh, Grandmaster Flash and them. Right. But it was still the same simple flow. Then from Grandmaster Flash came everything in the, in the mid-80s, and things changed. You know, one person is inspired and picks it up, but back to what we were saying, essentially, that one generation taught them. Because if you listen to old... Um, interviews about who their, their 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 mentors and everything were like the rock hymns and everybody and they'll tell you the grandmaster flashes this and a third and how they took what they did and innovated a flow it, and that's all it's about man you when you mentioned pushing it forward i mean we don't have to be cookie cut because we like something we can learn from it and not to shy away mm -hmm. that's something i learned in my rapping from the younger generation i don't rap like that but there are things I can learn about staccato flows, about ins and outs, the ones, the twos, wrapping off beat, coming in at the last part, da 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 da. But that's another topic. Right, right. So, um, what I want to do is, uh, I want to get into your story. Um, okay. Just you know your background, where you from, you know uh, all of that stuff. So let's go ahead. Like, so what's what is the origin story of? Uh, okay, uh, Melanix. Mela Nix um, comes from, was born in Columbus, Ohio. 
Franklin County in the building. Um, my mother was murdered at seven. I moved out to what's called Markham, Illinois. I am Mr. 60426, Mr. 159 Akezi. Okay. Um, I went to public uh, elementary school out there. I went to high schools out there. I left home at 16. Um, ripped and ran the streets of Chicago from K-Town to Madison. Used to hang out with Crucial Conflict, uh, Psycho Drama, all of a uh, hip-hop uh, generals that you could think of, they know of me. In fact, me and Newsom spoke like a year ago on Instagram. Oh, okay. um, So, yeah, yeah. So when I got, when I left home, when my mother was murdered, I was introduced to hip-hop. So I'm going to tie this in. So what happened was, to me, it was something that was therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And I was asking people, how do they rap? How do they do that? Because my grandfather was a blues man. Right. So I used to cipher with him. I say ciphering because he played the guitar and I rap along or whatever, come up with something. And it, we had like a little thing going. But um, I digress. So moving forward, um, after I left home, I ran into the hip hop heads downtown Chicago around Columbia College and everything. Mm-hmm. But I never really fit in because I started questioning things about hip hop. Like, if we're all conscious and abstract, why do we pick certain people to do certain things if we're all on the same level? Like, for me, if we're all red, black, and green, there shouldn't be no politics in it. And somebody pulled me to the side and said, yeah, we may, people may talk that native tongue abstract thing, but there's going to be picks and chooses. He was like, that's something you're going to have to deal with and you're going to have to understand it in this hip-hop realm. So me moving around the city, you know, I, I ran into Pugs Adams and people have a lot of stuff to say about that man. But um, I got tired of the Chicago music scene because it was like I never fit in nowhere. I was more so on the north side on Howard Street. I had mm-hmm. Belizean Blood friends before Blood was popular. I was around Belizean Bloods. We were all cool. It wasn't no, no mess like that. Um then I um, got tired and I wound up going to New York because I said, well, if I'm rapping and I'm having some issues here and it's not really me, it's just the way the infrastructure and the music scene is there. Right. Um, well, at that time, uh, I said, let me go to New York. I went to New York. Yo, Kel, everybody <laughs> you all looked up to, I'm talking to them like I'm talking to you. Right. Everybody, I'm going down to 106 and Park. AJ and Free are there. I'm like one of the producers of the show. He knew of me because I free. Uh, audit. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I auditioned for Freestyle Friday, and so mm-hmm. um, he actually we became cool. Me and the, and the producer of the show, me and DJ Envy used to talk. The same one whose son is in, in charge of Ice Spice's career. Right. Um, we talked. Like, like I'm not, I'm not trying to name drop, but I was out there like really networking. I'm going down to Def Jam, doing these things. And so what it was, was I would meet people from, I remember this one young lady, I was in uh, Manhattan. She walked mm-hmm. up to me, she was like, you know what? I've been noticing you for a while. Right. So they don't want to deal with those hard answers. And so now um, I'm looking for certain rappers. So because I listen to a lot of uh, sound bombing and everything, I walked mm-hmm. from 42nd Street I don't know if you've been to New York, 42nd Street, all the way past Alphabet City to Raucous Records. So as I'm, yeah, as I'm walking, I'm like, somebody saw me. He was like, yo, fam, where you headed to? I said, I'm headed like, to, uh, I told him the street. He was like, that's past Alphabet City. I said, it ain't nothing. He's like, you're not taking a train? I said, no, I'm walking. Like Manhattan blocks, one downtown Chicago block. You need four downtown Chicago blocks to make one Manhattan block. 
So, right. I, yeah. So I'm trooping. And when I get there, the dude, he was a security guard. He was like, where you going? Because I'm just walking up the stairs. I see the little um, the sign-in sheet. I put my name on it, and I just walked upstairs. Like, I, I'm just going off, look, this is what I want to do. Right. So right. The, the security guard, he actually is like, dude, I can't just let you up like that. You need a manager or an appointment. And I was like, really? He was cool. I said, look, man, I came from Chicago. The rap battle at MTV fell through. People stampede. He was like, you was there. I was like, I was one of the first contestants. I left Chicago for the rap battle at MTV. And right, so right. Um, I just went on a whim. and Not a whim. I just went. And so he kind of was real embracing, like, no, nah, fam, you got to have a manager or something. So now I'm like, how the fuck do I get a manager? Who's going to manage me? I have no demo. I have no team. I have nobody behind me because um, in New York or anywhere you go, if you got a rapper from a certain neighborhood, it's people going to support him. They're going to come out. So I would right, get into right. these battles and ciphers where people from Jersey coming, uh, Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, they bring in their people. And I'm from Markham, Illinois by myself. I felt like David. I just I had to. And people tell him, you got bars, man. Like you, you are a dope ass artist. And so it wasn't until later on in New York, maybe like nine months after I got there, I befriended um, a painter who became well known. We're good friends and I'm also a visual artist. And so we had a, a mutual uh, associate um, who was a publicist. His publicist right. heard me rapping. He said, listen, morphine. My old name was morphine. He said, morphine, I'm going to tell you something. He said, don't take this the wrong way. He said, you are dope, but you are also an artist. Because I would show him stuff I would doodle on if I had a piece of paper. He was like, you uh -huh. do that? I was like, yeah. He was like, dude, you're more. And I showed Kahende the same thing. Kahende was like, dude, you need to focus more on things better with your time. Because, you know, young dude, I'm still young. Young dude, you run around New York. You're meeting girls. You think it's all about the girls, the kicks, Jersey to this. It's more to life than that. And right. so... Um, and I wanted those things to fill my life because I didn't have the love that I felt I need. I'm just transparent. So, right, um, right. um, long story short, he told me, he said, listen, cause he had a friend who worked at a label. So now this is what, this is when my, my eyes really opened up. When, remember when I told you the girl told me they don't want intelligent black men in there like that, unless we can get more people and get them to conform to the message we're supposed to be putting out. So yeah. He told his friend, my friend, the publicist, his friend, he says, I work at labels. And I'm going to tell you right now, these flows you hear and these rappers rap, this shit's about to be done. He said they're going to start dressing different and rap's about to change. Nine months to 10 months later, Jeezy's on the radio in New York. That's when all the shit hit the fan. Um, motherfuckers wearing button ups now. Um, the, the whole rock star thing was coming in. And then that ushered, that was like right before the Lupe fiasco thing. Right, and funny right. story about him and about Chicago, the same dudes I was hanging around, they knew of Kanye. In fact, I didn't find out about Kanye until like I was about to leave New York and somebody was mentioning, yeah, we're going to try to get to uh, Kanye, but you know, you got to go through him, through somebody to get to him because he out in New York now. And when I walked up, they said his name and they tried to hurry up and change the conversation. So they always knew of him because the person I was associated with, he's friends with uh the brat, they was in the overnight celebrity video, the guy I'm talking about. I was right, living in right. Jersey at the time, and what happened 
what happened was as I was living in Jersey, uh, the Overnight Celebrity video comes on BET, and I was like, I just left y'all. The brat and my homeboy standing next to each other. I was like, this right. nigga been doing all y'all, and I'm sitting in the middle like, da-da-da. But anyway, yeah, so that just prepared me, and that's when my uh, my friend, the publicist, he introduced me to people like Tricky. Uh, a lot of kids were telling me to check out Sage Francis, Aesop Rock before Def Jukes. Uh, broke up unfortunately so a lot even on the north side a lot of those guys were like yeah we know you like was this that and the third but the style that you have what I, we're hearing developing in you you need to start paying attention to that because that's going to put you in a different category i'm right, trying to go right. for i want a record deal to get my brother and sister a house but i had no idea i had to become a product and i couldn't be me anymore i had to be what they wanted to give me the money to give them what they wanted and that was a tough pill for me to swallow. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask now, you this. Ask you this. Um, um, because, because you do have you roots have in Chicago, Chicago, with Chicago, Chicago hip-hop. Uh-huh. Every time, Every time I hear I about hear the about scene, scene here in here Chicago, Chicago, it just seems, it just like, seems a like a big mess, mess because, because it's, like it's like nobody's, nobody's together, together unless, unless you do, you do Unless you're in Unless that you're same, same circle. circle. So, like, so like, the crucial the conflicts, conflicts and then will be, be over here. Common Common them will be, be over here. here. You know, it, you know, it, 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 it just seems, seems like, like this city has all these great artists and has yet all these artists and yet nobody really nobody messes, really with, each messes like with each other like that. Bro, it was funny. That's one of the reasons I left. Because I wanted to see if I was crazy. Because I never fit in nowhere. So here you got a brother. I have biblical upbringing. My family Jehovah's Witnesses. And so, okay, everybody don't follow that. But it helped me with home training and treating people how I want to be treated. I'm not a religious person. But at the end of the day, I have a certain upbringing that I have not take, shied away from. Right. And then, right. too, I see black consciousness on a different level. You know, I question certain things and then the conscious community gets upset because I feel like Christ, when he con when he questioned the Pharisees, I'm going to ask you some shit because if we black, we, we got to be together. Whether, whether you agree with my my gangster rap, whatever, my, my, my super conscious, whatever, we're still black at the end of the day. So where is this politics and uh, nepotism coming from? Right. So when I say things like that, it's a problem. Then with the underground backpack kids, I wasn't the flyest dude. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I didn't get fly till later on, so they didn't really want to deal. But some of the girls, they liked me because I had blonde hair at the time. So right. at that time right. period in Chicago, to have dyed hair and you're a straight man, you already know what you're going to deal with. And you rap? You already know what you're going to deal with. Right. So right. I was doing some mid, uh, some SoundCloud 2000, uh, 2010, 15 shit way back then. Right. As far right. as appearance, I didn't wear the tight clothes and all that. Plus, I was around punk rockers, so I was always looking outside of where I was. And my problem with the Chicago rap scene, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, is HBK is a dope station. But every backpack kid from then and some people I've talked to now do remember the crap they had to go through. There are so many dope people who could have been on. Quasar was dope. Um, who else? Uh, Outer Limits, they were dope. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Nacrobat, some of them. There's a girl on there. Uh, she was dope. But all of them could open up for certain acts that came to the city when you had dudes that were downtown killing the cypher. 
you could have put a cipher at the House of Blues as an opening act. Right, right. But because of the Chicago 7, they, and people were saying, dude, you want me to go in? They were saying, yo, how the, okay, how you gonna let so-and-so leave Pennsylvania, come here, run the station? Because HBK was ran by two dudes from New York originally. I went up there and met with him and talked with him. One was from Queens and one was from somewhere else. Pugs got a hold of the radio station. To this day, I don't mean to talk bad, but to this day, I still struggle with getting an interview on there. And it's 2024. Right. right. Thurston Howard III is, is, is hosting my mixtape. Star and me talk. Star, that was on the, Vaudeville, uh, the Victor Vaughn album. Mm-hmm. Me and her talk. Me and Creature ciphered at, at in front of Fat Beats in, in, in my, my Manhattan. Like, mm. why did I have to leave Chicago to get these little accolades from people that said, dude, ain't nothing wrong with you. You dope. You just got to do the work, but you're dope. And right. I'm doing the work. So it wasn't me. I had to leave, dude. It was too many dope people. Too many. It's some people who deserve the deal, who deserve right. to be right. there at Scribble Jam. But you know, certain people want to sit up and play play this politics stuff, and look and, what it did. And the sad, and the thing, sad is, thing is that what that you said what about, you having, said about to having to leave Chicago, Chicago in order to in be, order where, to you're be at, where you're at, that seems that to be the constant story that happens, happens to a lot of artists here in Chicago. For some reason, you just have to leave Chicago. Bro, and, and to me that's sad, me that's sad, as sad fuck, fuck. Because, because with the way, with the way we, could we could move out, move here, out here, to me it's, to like, me it's like I I don't know I don't know too many people and I could be I could be I could be you know you know lying on this lying on this. I don't know too many, I don't know New, too York many New York people having to leave, having New, York to leave New York to get to where they, get at. To where they at. Or anybody, or anybody from LA from to, get, LA to, where they get at. to where they at. Or anybody, or anybody from, Atlanta from Atlanta or Memphis or, Memphis or, anything, or anything having to leave having to, to go, leave somewhere, to go else somewhere else to, to be where to, they to at. Be where they at. Every time I Every hear time something, I hear it's always Chicago. We have a bad spirit. There's, it's just a bad. Now, I'm, I'm. Uh, aside from that, I'm not. I'm gonna say this. This is a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I do miss hanging out with my female friends out there. The women in Chicago are different. Right. And I had right. when I was in Atlanta, I had to say this. I had to tell some ladies. I said, every time a brother speaks to you, think I want you or something. I said, let me tell you something. I could have been a grandfather ten times over. And it was a young lady from Chicago. She stood there. She said, "What do you? Where are you from?" I said, "Chicago." She was like, "Oh yeah, because if we like the dude that's talking to us or whatever, we gonna let him know what time it is right then and there." And the girl's mouth dropped. I do miss that because I've had some beautiful nights on that West Side. I right. mean, beautiful. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I need a vacation. But um um. <laughs> Look, I got to Atlanta. I had to tell him. I said, listen, disclaimer, I said, most of my female friends at the time, they were either bi or they were les, and I was the only dude hanging around them. So when I get to Atlanta as a mature man and I'm working and I see all these girls running around with this BBL thing, I was like, I was doing that. I was talking to a thick girl back in 96, 97. Right. So right. Th- this is not nothing new to me. But moving forward in the conversation, it is sad that – and um. A city like that 
And you brought that out to my attention. Like, motherfuckers really got to leave. To And I'm not even on. That's the thing. But the pe- the connections I made on my resume speak for himself. Right. And that's sad. That's sad. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and again, and it's again, like, it's you like, know... You know I- like I and like, I know what I, you I mean. Know. Like like what you you saying like you're not being like, like on, but I, I was like saying that mentality. One, but I was saying like, that mentality of just like of having to go somewhere of else to, to go get somewhere to, else to get to you know to yeah. get, to get that, know, to, that train that, moving. That train wow, it seemed like right. you couldn't do it, like you couldn't do it in Chicago. No, you had to go no, and the problem is the problem was like okay, I had an associate. We went to the House of Blues one night. Questlove was there, some more people. So he knew somebody to get me. Now, if you pay attention, God always sent me an angel to uh, take me to the door. So he knew somebody that knew the lady that knew how to get up there to Questlove. The only thing fucked me up, I was in a, uh, uh, I was a teen runaway, so I was in a program, and I only had the program ID. I didn't have a state ID. I'm very right. transparent. So. That's what kept me from getting in front of Quest Love. Because anytime I get in front of somebody that's inspired me, I ask questions and I may or freestyle for them if right, they ask right. for it. That at that time. Nowadays, I wouldn't even do that. Um, Q-tip, I met him in New York. Me and Q-tip chopping it up. In fact, I met Q-tip at a bar in the village. It's called the uh, village. Uh, it's called the Spotted Pig. And what happened was. I was walking up the street, the back streets in the village, and this girl comes out of bar. She asked me to come in. I say no. Then she pulls me by my arm. And I say fine, I'll come in. And Q-Tips DJ and Bono from U2 was having a drink, so mm-hmm. I wanted to run a Q-Tip. Now, mind you, before I ran a Q-Tip in New York, I did run into him in, in on the West Side on Madison at the flea market. He was at Tops and Bottoms. He had right. a black expedition right. with Q-Tip license plates. So my friends was like, yo, dude, you like New York music. You know what I'm saying? Yo, boy over there. I was like, cool. I was downstairs and cutting a uh, track. So when I went to get my tape to take to him, he was gone. I didn't know I was going to be leaving Chicago within a year and I was going to run into him. And when I reminded him of that, he dapped me up, pieced me up. And we spoke like we've been on tour for 20 years together. Right. You know what I'm saying? So Bono (laughs) was very embracing. I told Bono, I'm going to see you at the Grammys. He lifted one. He had his dark sunglasses on. He lifted one eyebrow up and toasted with me and all his friends. We had a drink. He went his way. And it was a very good night. I met a lot of people from MTV. Mm-hmm. Gave me the information, shit like that. I right. fucked up because right. I got real happy and started, yo, I'm doing it. Da-da-da. And I just got the surge of confidence. And fucking, I must put my hand in my pocket. I was drunk and dropped the cards and all this. And I was mad and my friends and them, I was calling Chicago. They're like, no, nah, don't beat yourself up. At least you got some momentum going and people know of you. Right. The fact right. that you're talking to people on the inside is different than the nigga handing a CD out on the corner, hoping to hit ramp, land into the right hand. Mm-hmm. But I had to leave Chicago for that. If if, if Q-Tip came to Chicago and, and HBK had anything to do with that show, do you think I'd be able to walk up and speak to Q-Tip? Do you think somebody ran out the bar and told me to come in there? No, nah, I, nah, so. I don't think so. Okay, 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 okay. And see, what's funny is the same way they were gatekeeping in Chicago. When I got to New York, all that was done a uh, done data. You couldn't tell me I couldn't talk to Tretch. Tretch is cool, right? Tretch, right. Tretch told me out his mouth 
You can fuck with a rap game if you want to, Shorty, but it's fucked up. Mm. He was like, I know you. Keith Murray. I freestyle for that dude. Right. Mr. Most right. Beautifulest Thing in This World. You know what he told me? Stay hungry. Not your whack. Not work on your delivery. Not do this. He says, stay hungry. And I keep that, Kelvin. I keep that. That's why I still do what I do. Right. That's why I reached right. out to you because I still got that fire. I, I still got it. I'm not going to let that, that. Those experiences are still the fire that keep me pushing. Right. Right. They're going to know who the fuck I am one day. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, but it's so sad. You, Go ahead. I was going to say, so from, from Chicago to New York. To New York. And I think you also think mentioned you also Atlanta, Atlanta, as, Atlanta well. as well. I stopped in Miami. Um, after New York, I went through a tough time because I got involved with a girl who didn't want to be with me. And then we wound up getting together and things went left field. And I wound up going to Rikers Island for some dumb shit. And long story short, I got off the island. I got me a job. We, we, me and her moved in. I was taking care of shit. She wanted to act a donkey. So I wound up giving up on myself, going to Miami and going through this uh, really dark time. You know, it's um, mm -hmm. really nothing much to say. I've, I've had my battles. You know, Everybody's had their battles with substances and things. Like, I'm not ashamed. Right. But if I didn't right. go through those things, I wouldn't have the self-love I have today. Right, and motherfucker, make right. a joke and talk about me all you want, but you know what? You're not where I am. You ain't meet the people I met. And you ain't got the fire I got. Mm -hmm. Man, they, and, and where, where is, is, from, from, those from, points, from those points, where did you start did you getting start back into the music? Um, actually, Atlanta. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It was. When I got there, hold on one second. When I got there, um, it was, hello? Yeah. I'm I here. dropped yeah, a mixtape titled Space Rap. I recorded that at Paperboy Studios October 2015. It's on my audio Mac. No, before, no, because I got out of prison in Florida. Mm -hmm. I was at a shelter in Florida for at least a month. Um, I recorded uh, Douchebag City and another uh, EP. Okay. And my okay. friend would send me the beat so the because I didn't have a studio. So this is what I did. I got ingenious. He sent me a cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. So I had another cell phone. So I used one to listen to the beats on and the other one to record into. Right. And it has right. its own effect. Like, that is something I would record an album, like, because uh, it's, it's a different st sound feel. So right, I listen to the right. beat in this and record the lyrics in that, and he would take the lyrics and cue them up. And that's how we made Douchebag City. You can check it out on my sound, uh, spot, uh, SoundCloud. Right, Douchebag right. City, and there's another one. Yeah. Very sample heavy, very Lloyd Kaufman, B-movie type shit that I like watching. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> And so, and so that, from that, from that Atlanta, Atlanta um, um, where, where does, does the King Hyena mixtape come into play? Okay, that's um, a lot of the King Hyena. Um, a lot of King Hyena was actually recorded in Atlanta. What you're listening to is over four years old. So I had a bunch of because I moved to Maryland after my house got hit by a tree and I had to move. Mm -hmm. So um, 
in between time, I was like, I need to put a project out. I don't have, you know, I mean, let me see what I have. So I went through these tracks that I had that I hadn't released. And I said, I can make a mixtape. So I hit Thurston up, Thurston Howe the third. I said, look, I had this mixtape. He was like, look, man, you've been saying it. You sure? I said, yeah, I just need you to host it. Told him what I needed. He did it. We made it magic. He sent me what he had. I chopped it up, put it in my soundtrack because I use soundtrack mm-hmm. and um, did my intros and outros, did my cover art. I'm an artist, so I use some AI things. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because I didn't have the computer. But AI is a good tool. Uh, people shunning it. But if you don't have a graphic designer, type in an AI what you want and how you want your cover to look, and then it'll produce an image. It's right. that simple. Right. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, so that's how King Hyena came out. Plus, hyenas are my favorite animal. Um, hyenas are underestimated. They're highly intelligent. And everybody wants to be king of the jungle, but I'm King Hyena because I'm king i'm 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 very resourceful and i think they look at hyenas as scavengers but hyenas keep the ecosystem clean they're a very vital point in the ecosystem in africa so 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 king hyena And so my mindset was, um, you don't need people. Stop letting them bother you. Stop letting shit bother you. You need to do your shadow work. You need to clean out this subconscious of yours. And if you're going to be bright, then you got to understand people going to come at you because they're not accustomed to seeing a bright, articular, artistic, expressive straight man. Mm. Okay. So I'm 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 telling because I received a lot of reverse discrimination down in Atlanta, mm. and that's another topic. I've never seen nothing like that in my life. Right. But you know, people are people, and you know, people feel inferior. They're upset because you're 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 expressing a freedom they wish they had, and they don't have it. Right. So I had to keep that in mind, and that's why I recorded it. I recorded a lot of stuff, mm. and I also found my sound. Um. Uh, some funny way because the producer mm-hmm. um he's born to like this Memphis sound of classic Memphis of triple six gangster pat and those beats create a beautiful backdrop for my beautiful horror story from growing right. up and things I dealt with. So we've just been going in and you know that's that's super dope man. Um I enjoyed uh, listening to uh, King Hyena mixtape because because it, um, no doubt, man. It the the one thing of it, like I I love hip hop, but I also like when people do hip hop differently. And I know um, when people do that differently, there is this thing of, and and I I won't mince words or anything like that. That's not my style, but. Um, you, you become like, you know, the weird nigga, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's the weird nigga that do that weird shit. You know what I'm saying? And so is is that also when, when people hear your music, do you often get that as well? I've just been recording and, um, really applying myself to this sound, locking in with this producer, you know, so. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, do you, um, as far as, um, I want to get into your, your visual stuff as well. Okay. Um, as far as with the, vi the visual stuff, um, where do you want to go with, with that? Is it just, uh, um, just more designing? Like, where do you see your Actually, art? I would love to get into toy art, like Hebrew Brent in Chicago. Um, yeah. I would like to get into toy art. Uh, funny story, I'm in an art show currently now. Oh, okay. Art talk, artist talk is Mark Third at Gasly Art Gallery here in Frederick, Maryland. And what, um, hello? Hello? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Hello? Um, I met an artist, uh, who's friends with Hebrew Brantley, I believe. Okay. He, they work together. They've collaborated. So it's just funny. Like I said in an earlier conversation, God always sends me an angel. Always. Right. So when everybody says no, God sends me that one person that says yes. When they talk about, oh, you're weird or you're different on social media. I remember during quarantine, Malik Youssef was always commenting on something I was doing. Right. The, the Malik Youssef. And it's just funny, man, how it happens. Right. Not that that ate any bills or anything, but that lets me know, keep doing what you're doing because it's not about them, it's about you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, no. man. Um, is there any, like, is there anybody that is kind of, I don't know if I like to call it a wish list or something like that. Is there anybody that you, you're like, okay, I, I'm going to reach out to them one day. I'm going to reach out to this person because I really want to work with them. Um, It would be Tommy Wright the third. Um, he was the originator of Memphis Sound. And a side note, the movie uh, Hustle and Flow is based on him. Right. So, and that's one of my favorite movies. I would like to do an album with him. I would also like to get some production from RZA, but I know I'm gonna have to have a super budget. Right. <laughs> I would like to at least get at least get five beats from him. Um, and have him produce everything from scratch. We do it real to real. I want this super organic. Um. I like to work with Cool Keith. Um, I've been compared to him in some ways. Um, I like to work with any and all artists in the visual field, in the in the digital uh, video field, with digital uh, artistry, with digital visual uh, camera work, things of that mm -hmm. nature. Right. On top of that, I just filmed. Um, I just shot actually my first mu my another music video because I do my own. Um, title Introverted from the King Hyena mixtape. So right. the clip is already up. Uh, you guys will see the clip, but the video will probably will go up in a couple weeks. Oh, that's what's up, man. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to be looking forward to that. Um, now, if you if you wanted a movie based on your life, who would be playing Melanix? Ah, who would play me? Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I could dig that. <laughs> I would get him. What do you want people to like 
get from not only your your music but your but your visual art as well. Separate yourself, stand on your own two feet, love yourself, do what you say you're going to do, and if you wake up late, still follow through what you say you're going to do because the day isn't done yet and we're still alive and we have a chance to do something. Right. And if we're working hard on our job, we need to work that much harder on ourselves and what we want to do in life. Mm. I did that, man. Uh, also, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because when I wake up today, I had a, a placement test for school, but I get in from work late. So I sit up late. You know how it goes. And you're supposed to wake up at a certain time. You wake up an hour and a half past and you're like, fuck. And so I just keep going, man. And I, I get mad at myself because I'm like, this is something for your, your future. And so for me, it's real personal. Right. It's not like I was hanging out with some girl all night. We woke up late and didn't do shit, but sat up and drank all day. No, nah. I'm at a different place in life now. Right. Yeah, no, no, that that's a, uh, I mean, I, you, like you said, like, I think we all go, go through that or, or do stuff like that, man. But long, long as you up, long as you, you know, you're like, okay, I, I know where my focus needs and has to be. You know, I, th- I think all that's all good, man. Like, you know, um, just always know where to focus and and, and uh, where you want to go. So, I mean, you got it, man. Like, I, I'm, I like I said, I enjoy the music. I'm enjoy looking at the at the at the visual art. Um, now I know you said you you just, you know you filmed your uh, uh, video. Are are you wanting to like do like be able to film movies and stuff like that as well? Or that may come. Um, I'm a huge fan of B movies like Trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toxic Avenger, stuff like that's my lane. Like, I would love to do a audio-visual mixtape with that type of aesthetic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, meet Michael Jackson's Moonwalker meets the mind of Melanix. Right. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking sexy WNBA players jumping out of helicopters into pools of fucking green Nickelodeon slime, fighting mutants. No, um... Random, uh, I used to watch WPWR Channel 50 and Channel WGBO 66 TV. And mm-hmm. the random, um, the random offbeat B movies, you'd be like, Where'd this come from? I used to watch them, right? Because there was artistry there, and I applied it to my visual stuff, yeah, yeah, man. No, I, I, I do, I remember those channels, man. <laughs> I remember just like, like you said, it's Van Gooley and, um. Uh, uh, all the trauma stuff, like I, I know, like I don't know if they still do it, but I know, like maybe like back in the day, like trauma used to have like a film festival, um, yeah, like right around the time when like when Sundance was happening, and I, I knew like a, a couple of friends of mine that that would send stuff to uh to to trauma's uh film festival. I can't remember if they got in or not, but I remember them sending stuff to trauma. But um, no, I, I met I. I was in Miami during Winter Music Conference, and we were talking about films. And this kid, his girlfriend, asked me what kind of films you like, and I said trauma. I said I, I saw the uh, Make Your Own Goddamn Movie by Lloyd Kaufman, and she looked at him, and he looked at me, and they gave me a little like, oh shit, 
if we tell him we're part of you, it was one of them type of vibes. Like, right. Either we work with them or we're working. And it's funny you mention them. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to put you in our business, but we let you know you're close. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, uh, just ex for people that don't know, just explain trauma and why trauma has so much of the effect on you. It's art. It's I don't give a and it's not saying I don't give a the most potent IDGAF is the one that you don't say you show by not responding. And they don't respond to people's opinion of what they're making or nothing. I love that about it. And it connects. Like I connect with Toxic Avenger, being a nerdy kid, people <laughs> picking on me, being the different dude. And I fall into something that was an accident or something that we shouldn't have been doing anyway, I fall into humanity's mistakes and mess-ups, and I allow those mistakes and mess-ups to create me into a, a some someone that people can look up to. Right. And I apply that to my own life. <clears throat> From the gatekeepers on the local scene in Chicago to the stuff I dealt with, to family, to everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, While they no, think that's, that's, a per that's a perfect... Um... Analogy? Yeah. yeah, that's a perfect analogy, especially with Toxic Avenger. Like, that is a super dope analogy. Like, for real. I... Yeah, man. And he always had a hot... Now, did you notice in the movie his... Hello? Yeah. His girlfriend was super attractive, and he looked <clears throat> like he looked, and she could feel him because she was blind, but she still loved him for who he was. Right. Do you see, like in society, we how how that plays? Oh no, he's just a dishwasher that raps, but this woman still loves this man, and she's a fine ass BBL. Right. We don't see <laughs> that anymore. We don't see that, mm -hmm. and I think we need to bring that back. And that's something about Hollywood movies that deter me, especially when it comes to black folk. Why do I have to be a top notch lawyer or with a top notch um, credential? To have a pretty wife. Why do I have to be a successful basketball player, athlete to have a pretty wife? Why right. can't I just be somebody that's saving his money, stacking his money, and I might have a property or a home that I'm Airbnb in that I got for cheap, and I have a nice woman? Right. No, that's 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 a that's a very very like good like question and observation for for people to actually like you know sit down and think about and be like well yeah how come how come this how come that like that's I, but see kill i've been questioning things since i was knee high to a duck my right. grandmother didn't like it because i used to show her you're being contradictive you just told us this and now you're doing the opposite so when you tell a black grandmother that you're spanking this into your room right so if it's like that for the grandma, how is it like that when you do that to a cop or you're in court or you're at the job or anything else? Mm, yeah. That's my whole life. That's why I left Chicago because shit wasn't adding up with the music. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Yeah. And 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 I and I totally get that from, from all the angles that you're talking about because it is very, you know, uh contradict contradictory to be like tell somebody you should do this and then you're doing the total opposite 
or like you said, like leaving Chicago because it seemed as one thing, and then when you're in that scene, it seems like it's all totally different. Nobody stands on what they standing on. So nope. it's like, oh man, like why? I remember. Okay, I used to have a huge thing for Afrocentric women. I still mm. do. So it was a sister, man. She used to have a hair wrap, but she had an Instagram model body, and she would wear these tight wraps around her body. Mm. And I would always see her. And so one day, um, we were at the Capadonna show, right? And uh, at House of Blues, and I noticed. When I stood outside, I asked her for her number. I said, look, I would like to talk to you, not as a boyfriend-girlfriend thing, but you're cool. She was like, no, I really don't, you know, socialize like that. I come out. And then she jumped into a new Nissan Sentra that was souped up before Hot, Fast and Furious was, like, popular. Mm. So I told another dude, he was like, yeah, dude, that girl, she she played that Erica Badu shit, but she she chased the niggas with the money. Right. I was like, this is going on? Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing in the conscious community? Right. Oh, no, no. No, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, I remember talking to, um, uh, uh, shout out to uh, 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 an MC that I had on the podcast by the name of Mar- Marcel P. Black. And um, he was saying that it's a lot of people out here that's playing that conscious game, but they ain't, but they ain't conscious. Or they feel like, you know, they don't they don't like the label of being conscious. But you've been playing that game for a while, you know. Right. Eventually that label you're gonna to have to live up to it. Right. Or that, take some it. part in it. Right. You can only fake and act so long you're gonna reveal your true self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and so that that's why I'm just like like you can you could see it now, like you know, and we talked about this on 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 the episode, like people like a uh, uh like I think at one point like to live quietly and a couple of other ones was just like you know I didn't I never vibed with that that term of conscious I I didn't view myself as a conscious rapper but I'm like but you were playing the game you know what I'm saying like you can't yeah but didn't Pardon me, I hit my pen. Didn't he also state that we as rappers need to be conscious of what we're putting out? That was in the Source magazine or Double XL. Yeah, I, I believe so too. Yeah. Okay. And- oh, so you you see, and not for nothing, I met somebody. And I'm gonna make this point. There's a rapper by the name of Mickey Blanco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they're from Chicago, no, they're from New York. Mickey was a guy who wore women's clothes or whatever, but he could rap. That's, that's neither here nor there. He could rap. Mm -hmm. So one day I was on South beach and fucking me and him were at the same bar. And I mentioned to him an interview that ASAP rock had ASAP Rocky. Mm-hmm. Mickey told me, ain't no way ASAP Rocky said that. Cause me and him were hanging out the other day doing shrooms. I was like, wow, because it was all about something, something, and I'm not going to go into detail, but when you mention shit to them about the interviews, it's like they'll either twist it or whatever, or they forget what they said at that moment, because they're right. living in that moment whatever they're selling. Mm-hmm. But I, I will never forget, but the but, but point I'm making, I didn't forget what I read, what was said. Now you told me something different. 
and you told me you hung out with him. So somebody's lying about something. Right. And and that that's that's the one thing that I'm learning about like the industry. It's just it's like I think people say a lot of stuff because it may think it sound good, but it's just like they're totally different from what they're speaking on and what they you know what they put in their music and all this other stuff. And, and it's different when you say you want to rap and when you gotta get out there. And talk to people when you don't feel like talking, and you got to deal with folks you don't feel like dealing with, and motherfuckers in the studio you don't know, and you hyper paranoid, and you got to keep your composure. Shit is different when we say it versus when we got to do it. Mm-hmm. But you say you're gonna do it, your check when you get that money is different when that money's in your hand. Yeah, and and, and it's it's like you said in in the um uh with with our conversation. Like, you know, it's like when when you it seems like when you when you sign or you get to a certain point, you you do become a product and you have to you have to be that product. So whatever they tell you, they you know, this is how you move. You got to move like this. You got to say this. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't you can't say and move like you think you want to. You got to do what they say. And, Just like, uh, go ahead. And I was gonna say, at the end of the day, you know, you know, being an artist is kind of like, man, what, what, you know, you, you know, you kind of stuck in this. What am I? What am I gonna do? Am I going to go against the grain, or am I going to be that product? Well, that's when I come in because I'm always against the grain. We were talking about. Um, Yesterday, you mentioned Tom McDonald, and I said, I think he's dope, by the way. Real quick fact, Tom McDonald has a background in wrestling. So when he started doing his music, he was wrestling. He stopped and went back to wrestling, and he wanted to figure out, how can I make a mark in hip-hop or connect with the hip-hop community? And he figured mm-hmm. it out, wrestling. Because he's noticed wrestling or hip-hop, Melanix is a character name. Mm-hmm. You're talking to Nick. But now you're talking to Melanix because I said I'm Melanix now. So I'm talking to you from the, the perspective of the artist. Right. So he said I had to become this character in order to relate so I could see the reaction from the crowd, so so to speak. Right. Long story short, so what he did was, as he was rapping, he applied those, those principles from acting from that. And so what we're talking about goes hand in hand because – it's like we say one thing, do this, but now we got to put on this act. But how long <laughs> can you put on this act if you don't know how to stay in character? If you don't even know the character you're, you say you are. Right. Yeah, de- definitely. And it seems like also um, it just seems in a, you know, like you said, it's like we're we're all playing these characters and I remember like you know a friend of mine saying that you have to um like a lot of times like especially back in the day people didn't mess with you if you wasn't living if you wasn't living your lyrics and now it just seemed like that don't oh. really, that don't really matter anymore. You know what I'm 
you know how many YouTube videos are on in this industry plant shit? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. Dude, so now, back, we were talking about yesterday, about anxiety and social media. You can't compare. Uh, listen, Kid Boo was 30-some years old when he came out. Right. He was already a millionaire before. He was dealing with something with tech products from overseas and got caught up on taxes, moved to Canada, did all this rap thing. Uh, Jumex, industry plant, friends with Taco, who's part of uh, Odd Future. There's mm -hmm. more to the stage, man. The world is a stage. I think it was Rockefeller said that. Mm -hmm. The yeah. world, the, my grandfather told me, he said, it's going to come a time of day, so you're going to see people famous and you wonder how they got there and you've been playing the trumpet 20 years and they ain't got one break right <laughs> but he just and then come to find out there's something behind him he's like they're put there for a reason it is it is of no consolate no consolation is right no wonder mm -hmm. how people like ice spice sexy red this that and the third have just came out of nowhere. If ten, if a hundred kids put a song on SoundCloud, why is it always one blows out of nowhere and they did everything the same way? Because there's something behind them. Right. So if we're all following marketing laws, principles, and aesthetics, and this and that, and we're all understanding and understanding how to build a team, and we all got off our ass, why do we have so many bedroom rappers? Hmm. Not saying you can't take your fulfillment of what you do in the bedroom rapping and build some, because we all start in our bedroom. Right. But now when you get out there, are you able to play and utilize art of seduction, 48 laws of power, keys of strategy, understanding war, the art of war? Are you able to implement those things by yourself and make it, or are you able to implement those things while having a backing, so you know what, because nobody jumps on nothing if they don't see no momentum. Right. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. You like what you heard that I sent you, therefore I'm on your podcast. It's different. But I'm saying when people see a momentum, that's when I get the Joe Budden podcast calling. That's when, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. nobody... And I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I'm not saying he's better. No, I love what you're doing because you're humble about your shit. But I'm saying, like, cats, you have to understand, too, there has to be some sort of momentum for things to get going. In order yeah. for one art art gallery to pick you up, they have to see. That's why they say send a CV or resume. Mm -hmm. Let me see what you had prior. Rappers, hey, can you want to jump on a track and do a feature? Let me see your track record. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, but at the end of the day, there are people that are just put there. But once you're put there, you got a momentum so you can gain more. If I, I already got money, it's easy. It should be easier for me to get money. Mm -hmm. The Bible even tells you he who has he who has will lose and what he has will be taken away and some, some, some. You know. Right. I hope I'm not talking too much or talking like I know no, everything. No, no, you you good, bro. You good. You definitely good, man. I, I'm 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 vibing with this, man, for real. 
Like, there's more to me. Like, people have no idea. When they talk to Mella next, I had one dude, he hit me up on Instagram. I had to call my girlfriend to tell her this. He hit me up on Instagram. He said, hey, man, I thought you were a wild man because of how your hair color you was. He said, I see you super intelligent because he told me I was intelligent. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, because you, you had green hair. So you mean to tell me you look at a man who has green hair and put him in a box because his hair color is different? Mm -hmm. So then I spoke with a co-worker. She told me her mom got on her because her hair is a pink and blue. It fits right. her very well. She looks like a little baby, though. Oh, my gosh. She is like my best friend. Right. But but <laughs> my little blue hair baby, the blue and pink hair baby doll. But mm -hmm. I don't play with baby dolls. I don't play with baby dolls. But I'm saying, <laughs> damn, I don't play with no baby dolls. Not like that. Right. I like them if they have a WNBA jersey on. But anyway, real shit. I like my WNBA players. But real shit, I could do a whole team. But anyway, so um, she had her, and she told me her mom, pardon me, I had a few beers. She told me her mom was like, oh, you must be a certain type of way because your hair is colored. And I told her, I said, that's kind of ignorant. I right. said, people are going to mistreat people like me and you because our hair is different. She was like, Nick, welcome to the world. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we want to people to – and that was, my pro that's, that was my problem in Atlanta. You embrace – do you have a dictionary near you? Uh, Yeah. Pull it out and look up the word – I'm going to say look up the word alternative. And when you get the word, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to ask you for the definition. Okay. Hold on, let me go ahead. All right, so you said alternative. You got the word? Yeah, yeah say it. Say it. Okay, so alternative. Uh, Available as another possibility, the various alternative methods for resolving disputes, one of two or more available possibilities. Um, let's see. Something that is different from the usual thing of its kind or the, the usual way of doing something in modern Western society. Okay, stop. I like that last one. So if a person, now tell me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. if a person can be in, okay, so we have the human rights sticker. There are equal signs, right? Mm -hmm. So the equal signs don't deviate, they don't bend, they don't twist, they're both equal. They're, that would be horizontal, right? That would be a horizontal horizon. That would be a horizontal lines, two horizontal lines. In equality to each other. They're not bigger, not smaller. They're in equality to each other. There's nothing alternative about one into the next. So mm -hmm. if I place a person on one side, a place on the other side, they both have equal rights. If you don't give them those equal rights, in the words of the God Jizza, I mean, Rizza, he did say something about all men are created equal, so there's justice to amongst all men. So now the mm -hmm. justice to my to what I'm saying is this. If it's human equality and you're gay, bi, whatever, trans, and you have purple hair, me being straight and having an alternative appearance and mindset, 
should be just as equal to what you're doing. Not saying to be accepted or embraced, but if we're going to celebrate diversity, I can't say and walk up to you and say you're weird, something's wrong with you because you're dressed like you're at an SM party. But over here, please embrace my friend. Right. Um that that's what I dealt with down there. Right. Back in the conversation, I told you most of my female friends, they were bi or less. Like while dudes were trying to impress the girls, I was sitting around some bad. They just dress like boys, some of them, but sometime I'd be at the house and they, they come out of their, their little shorts and shit. And I'm like, damn, you think it's you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> right. you're my like are you my friend, like and, and dudes be like, How the fuck you get in the club? Cuz nigga, I know how to act. Right. So <laughs> I ain't gonna fuck this up. Right. Nigga ain't got no money. No money. <laughs> she ride a motorcycle. I ain't got no money, man. Please. So anyway, no, I'm not a misogynist. No, I'm not a pimp. No, I do not over or hypersexualize women. I appreciate and I prefer the company of women. I am a man and know how to hold myself as a man if something comes our way. So right. now, back to what I was saying with the alternative thing. I had to put that out there for the people listening. So mm-hmm. back to what I was saying, um, that I can't judge somebody. That's like, okay, I worked at a place in Atlanta. My boss, she was lesbian. Um, she used to bring her girlfriend to work. She's cool. That's their thing. But I'm painting this picture. That's why I'm giving you all this. But I had a guy there that was cross-dressing that turned around, wanted to fucking try to pick on me and try me based on my hair color being different. And I told Mm -hmm. his tables one day, his friends, I said, if he was in my city or whatever, he would get his ass whooped. I said, you don't do no, how are you going to sit here and tell people you've been bullied all your life, but you bully a straight person for having a different hair color? Right. So these are things in society, like, I. that's one thing about my music and art and my visuals I go against. Like, if it's okay for you, my grandmother had a saying, if it's good for the gander, it's good for the goose. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't wait. Hold on, hold on. Don't sit up here and question why he got the I Love Studs t-shirt on, but you over here doing what you're doing. That's his right. business. Mm-hmm. And if we're focused on what we should should be focused on, we ain't minding nobody's business but our own. Ain't that right? Right. <laughs> Definitely, man. Man. Dude, man you know, these all, are... Go I, ahead. I, I, was, I was gonna say, first of all, I, I agree with, with, with everything you're saying. I think that, you know, uh, like you said, like, you can't do this and then turn around and do that. Like, uh, but I, I I feel like people will then just say, well, yeah, that that's not the way of the world. The, it don't work out like that. It really hasn't worked out like that. What what do you say to that? Okay, the way of the world. Last I checked, God gave Satan dominion of the world because he wanted it. That's why everything's backwards. That's why stuff operates the way it does. Now ask yourself this question to to, to, to hit my point home. How many times, you know, when you ain't got it, it's there, but when it's there, you ain't got it? A lot, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Way of the world. Um, It's about what's one. Okay, everybody has a gift. It's mm-hmm. about who you know, not what you know. So right. if what I know is about who I know, then I don't know shit if I don't know the right person. So my gift don't mean nothing in this earthly realm. 
unless it's due to an earthly person in a position of authority that says he's good enough. So mm -hmm. now you're God over my life. Uh-uh. We were all given something, and we were all given a job, excuse mm -hmm. me, to do on this earth. I don't think it's man's business to get in another man's or woman's business and tell them how to plant these seeds. Right. Now, I can give you criticism and, and instruction. That's what I should do as a human being. But at the end of the day, just because of my position, that doesn't mean you should do detestable things to get into an earthly position for recognition. Right. Not, now, if you're going to do something and utilize your talent and your gift to put you in a place to help and assist with the growth of humanity and community and showing love and humility and walking these steps on this narrow road, all be it. But other than that, man, I ain't got nothing, nothing to do with that. I don't want nothing to do with that. Because this world really fuels, you know, when you say that, it really is like, wow, dude. Mm -hmm. And then when people say stuff like that, they turn right around and get the Christmas spirit in the middle of July about nothing. Right. <laughs> you picked a random time to get the Christmas spirit. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Man. I'm dropping shit. I'm drink <laughs> I'm sitting on the edge of the bed drinking my beers and fucking chapstick fell, black and mouth fell. I don't care. I picked it up. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. I'm glad we got this. I really I want to say something to you, man. I appreciate everything you did. I appreciate Death Goldblum. I don't give a fuck, dude. We're going to be 90 years old. I'm getting on my spaceship and going back to my, my planet because I was only down here for a limited time anyway. But when I, when I, before time, I'm serious. It's been fun, Earth, but I got some fine women on Venus. I got to help them repopulate the planet. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I got to stop on the west side to get to my ship, though. Right. <laughs> hey, let me get some of that mouth sauce to go. Right. right. <laughs> she ready now. Uh, look, so. <laughs> oh, fuck, in Chicago. I just miss the women. Especially when you come out the liquor store or the store and she mm -hmm. just left the shower and it's hot and you could see the. um. Cocoa butter uh, shit on her body, the little Vaseline shit on her legs, and they shining, and she thick all up and got the little baby powder on her arm. What? <laughs> the new, coming out the hair salon, the new weave smell all in the air. What? <laughs> Man, I love that new weave smell. You know the new weave smell the hair salon? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> appreciate what you did. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, Def Goldblum, thank you. I, I don't mean to get sidetracked. I get excited. Um, I'm just very... There are a lot of people, Kelv, out here. Um, they use these platforms to gain an income, and I get that. I know mm -hmm. the type of arena I'm in. Right. Um, but when somebody genuinely comes to you and doesn't ask for money, that says that they genuinely see something in you. Right. And we as artists have got to start learning that. Sometimes it's just good to reach out to somebody with a podcast or a YouTube channel. That's what I should start doing more of. 
hey, I see you have a channel. Is there anything I can assist with? Would you like to interview? Would you like some music? What, 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 what? How right. can we be advantageous to each other and how can we help build each other? Because mm -hmm. in hip hop, before there was money, we had to help each other. Right. I forgot that 5210, was that 5210 Segway Avenue? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up because I just okay. read the book and I should I should know my shit. Um hmm. yeah, I'm looking that up myself too. Fifteen ten segway. Fifteen twenty Segway Avenue. I was yep. right. Fifteen twenty Segway Avenue. Yep. That's where it started, and we helped each other. The lady was making. I was reading. Um, can't stop, won't stop. A book on how hip hop started when DJ Cool Herc came to America. And yo, love. I love hip hop, man. So I'm. I'm gonna say my piece, yo. Like, like y'all think of it as an income. It's therapeutic this shit. I get my ass up, work my fucking job so I can come home and record. Buy my beers, buy my little uh, thing so I can freaking record my music, work on my music, live and breathe the character person that I am. Live and breathe and, and understand those that came before me. Like, I don't mean to go on a tangent. Like, you don't understand. I was always the weird kid. I was always a kid told he couldn't do shit, but I'm doing it. And it may not be to the level of everybody fucking else, but I'm still doing it. And in fact, my art is better than Pugs Adams. I rap better than Pugs <laughs> Adams. And, yo, I don't care. K-Max, you're a dope DJ, but uh, HBK, I got to get this off my chest. Stop mm. gatekeeping a college radio station. Mm. It's sad, bro. It's 2024. Y'all need to stop. Grow up. Grow up. Right. But, but um... Yeah, so I read the book, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Man, I go into one thing to another and to another thing. I'm good at that. But anyway, so, um, yeah, my grandmother said it. So, no, man, I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't, you know, all this excess crap motherfucker going through, sending people through. I just take that shit and keep moving, man. Uh, I'm grateful for everybody that told me no. It didn't kill me. It built me. So when you right. hear no... It's cool. People don't fuck with you as long as God wake you up every morning. He fuck with you. That's all that fucking matter. These right. are the things I stand by and live by. Oh, Money yeah. ain't everything. I know we got bills to pay, but sometime telling somebody, I think you're dope enough to be on my platform or you reaching out, reposting somebody. Support ain't always buying what a motherfucker got because right. sometimes just talking to him like we're talking now, everybody that's listening is buying my time and buying his time, and that creates value. Yeah, no, no, that's that's very, very true. And I, I want to end it with this because, first of all, I want to thank you, uh, for, for wanting to come on the platform. And, like you said, like I don't, I don't do this for money, and even if I did have the money. And I was on a Joe Button level. I feel like this is what I would still be doing with this platform because I want to be able to, you know, have people like you and Def Goldblum and every other person that I've had on this show 
to be able to, you know, be able to sit down and, and talk with them and, and, and talk about their art and their creativity and, and everything that they, they offer into this world, man. So I thank you for, you know, uh, uh, coming to the platform because you're absolutely right, man. This is, everybody should be, this whole thing should be us helping each other out. Um, and I think that's one of the things that people forget, you know, trying to get the big people and they'd be like, well, what's, what is this going to do for me? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like it all can benefit both of us at the same time. Um, and so again, I want to thank Melanix, uh, for coming on to the pod, man. I appreciate you. Um, Please do yourself a favor. Check out Melanix on on Instagram, on um, on on Facebook. Uh, check out the King Hyena mixtape, and uh, like I said, man, and and not only check out King King uh, uh, Melanix, but also check the Dope Sessions podcast with Kelvin Tree. Also check out the Late Sessions. Um, thank y'all for always listening. Thank y'all for always supporting. And we will see y'all next time. We out of here. Peace.